0: Ninety-three three and AM five sixty KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Casmo and Anderson on 93.3 and AM five sixty KWTO. <laughs> okay, you were doing so good on bumper music. Well. <laughs> In retrospect, <laughs> see, it, it. they're on a rotator, okay? I don't pick this. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. I played Ozark Mountain Daredevils I know you, for you. I know you did, and I appreciate that. I really do. That was great. You got something from my era of music that was terrific. And the Ozarks and Hillbilly. That was all good. I, I was raised on the Daredevils. Yeah. Well, good deal. And I'm 24. I know. <laughs> You're younger than all of my children, which... Yeah, I have socks older than you, uh, you know. So, but that's great. You still, though, you're 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 a fantastic uh, producer.
1: Most of the time, with
0: one five minute segment accepted. Um, <laughs> right now. So welcome back to Wake Up Springfield with former of the house former. Why am I having such a hard time saying that former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, the people speaker, the people speaker, who's not here today. Um because he had a late night event. Uh, not so late that I didn't read about it, but anyway, he couldn't pull it off this morning. Whatever. Uh I'm privileged to be here. And let me just take this opportunity before I forget at the end. Thank you, Tim and Cass and Don, for allowing me to come in and uh take the microphone this morning. You I You bet, Darren. I love doing the radio. I really do. Um it's it's just, it's kinda like a little therapy session for me. I get to rant about whatever there are no time limits other than the three and a half hours itself but you can always come back tomorrow and that's not true on the house floor so this is great Um, we are joined in studio thank you thank you all Uh, we are joined in studio with state representative alex riley
1: thanks for having me
0: no thank you for taking the time
1: i think this is the first time i've actually been on the radio with you which is crazy because you're on the radio a lot and i'm on the radio a lot but we haven't been in the same room together
0: i think one time i came in when you and bishop right. were here that's right i just came in for a minute though um because you and bishop were here and um i i just i just dropped in for it may have even been while i was running i think that's
1: right it's yeah co- it's coming back to me now you <laughs> that's correct
0: i really made an impression uh <laughs> Oh man. So Alex and I serve in the House floor together. And uh this is your sophomore term. It is. And my freshman. And um
1: It's kind of a crazy thing when you're you've only been in the house 3 years but you're sort of a a senior statesman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing, but in this uh era of pretty short term limits that we do have, that is the situation in which we find ourselves.
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm all about citizen legislature. Okay. I don't misunderstand what I'm about to say because it's going to sound bad. But I'm asked all the time, did it live up to your expectations? And, you know, I've taught government for 30 years. You know, I've studied it for 30 years and, and, and I understood the processes. So the process didn't surprise me. The political drama didn't surprise me, but Alex, what really shocked me, I mean really shocked me, was the number of people who have no idea what in the world they're talking about, and yet still talk. That, that shock, it really did, because, I mean, you were there, you saw, I, I try real hard not to say a word unless I actually know what I'm talking about. Uh, thankfully the democrats stumble into the constitution on a semi-regular basis and then i just foam at the mouth until i finally can't take it anymore and then i stand up and just try and shut it all down you know the try to stop the dumb
1: but you do quite well well thank you
0: that's very kind of you uh it's it's kind of fun because um even though i'm only a freshman when they get into the constitution and i stand up it's kind of like one of those old e.f hutton commercials Everybody stops talking and turns to see how I'm going to nail them to the wall, and and I kind of enjoy
1: that. And I've I've noticed a number of the smarter Democrats have learned their lesson and they don't uh, cross you very often on the floor. You've got a few of the less intelligent ones who continue to fall into the traps, but uh,
0: and that's just so fun. I, I enjoy that so much, and there are a couple of unique individuals that uh, my favorite was the guy who challenged me on not being able to tell the difference between an ar-15 and an m-16 because (laughs) there's so many veterans in the house but most of them are considerably younger than i am and a lot of the vets in the house have never seen an m-16 except in a museum i carried the dumb thing i know how it works and i know what they look like and i can identify them at a glance and this this clown who who I guess is a nice guy, I don't know, but he's not ate up with smarts, as we say down home. <laughs> so it it was fun. Um but I liken the way the house is run to a hospital run by people who've been sick once or twice. Because we you know, we have attorneys, we have doctors, we have pharmacists, we have business people, we have farmers you know i'm the only political scientist on the floor but we've got people with a broad base of experiences and they all come in handy and we need them i don't miss don't misunderstand but there's not a lot of governmental expertise because of term limits so by the time you finally figure out how everything works you're done and so we continue to have this turnover of people who've had experience with government have opinions about government but lot of, not a lot of actual comprehension of government.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I have sort of mixed opinions on the whole term limits situation. So I see the value in not having people in our Missouri legislature who just park themselves there for 40 years, like your Nancy Pelosi's and people of that ilk do in in Washington, D.C., the problem with the eight year limits that we have is those eight years go by incredibly fast. Session is, is fast and short as, as you know. Um, and it normally for most people takes a session or two to really get your legs under you where you can figure out how everything works and, and what you need to do to be effective. So that's a, that's a problem. Another problem with our shorter term limits that we have in the state. Is it shifts who actually has the power right. in Jefferson City? And this is probably the bigger problem because instead of your elected representatives and just elected office holders, period, having the final say on things because of short term limits. I'm not going to say term limits, period, but I'm going to say short term limits. You shift the power from your elected representatives. To your department bureaucrats who have been there for decades and decades and decades and your your lobbyist corps who have also been there for decades and decades and decades. And if you have a particular representative or a particular senator who's pushing an agenda that the lobbyists don't like or that the bureaucrats don't like, which tends to be a more conservative agenda like what you and I like, Darren – then that can be awfully difficult to get through because it's very easy for those people who are entrenched within the system who know all the tricks in the book to be able to block that agenda. And, 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 and that, that's my biggest concern with the, 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 the short-term limits that we have in Missouri.
0: Yeah, and, the, and I would add in the lack of institutional memory in the House and the Senate and also the staff. Jim Schulte is a freshman in my class, and uh, he represents the district just north of the Missouri River uh, from the capital. Jim is a sergeant major in the Army, retired. Jim owns a uh, firm that teaches gun safety, that he owns a firing range. He brings vets in to hunt on his land. Jim is as Second Amendment as you're going to find anybody to be Second Amendment, but he had a concern about the 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 guns in the hands of minors in Saint Louis. Frankly he was kind of led down the garden path on that. But when he put his bill idea forward to legal research, which is what we have to go through in order to get a bill written, they added language that he did not ask for that essentially would gut SAPA. And he, being a freshman, now this part's his fault. He didn't read it closely enough, didn't understand it well enough, and then filed it. And then just has been eviscerated by pro-Second Amendment organizations and people, and I understand why they're upset. But this guy got hung out to dry because some staff member who's anti-Second Amendment stuck that in his bill without him asking for it or realizing it was there. And so I I think there are a lot of avenues in which elected officials – are emasculated in the process
1: yeah i think i think that's right you know we we hear a lot about the the washington dc swamp or or things of the deep state there um i'm not going to call what we have in jeff city a swamp or a deep state but it's probably
0: probably a marsh but 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 it is (laughs) but it is it is
1: it is a marsh and it's not a a marsh filled with um conservatives who are looking out for the the Best interests of our state really and and where our constituents are on most of these issues and, and and because of how we have our our current system structured, they do have the power and it's and it's a bit of an uphill climb for us in the legislature to fight against that. We do try, and we have been gaining ground in recent years, and we'll continue to do that but it is it is tricky
0: well, and I think that's one of the things that's the most difficult for people here at home uh to understand you have a republican supermajority in both houses you've had a majority for 21 years why are you not getting more done and and i've just simply said look we've got 111 republicans out of the 163 uh seats there's on a good day 30 of us that will vote on conservative stuff you know everybody will vote on something conservative more or less but it's rare to have consistent conservatism out of more than 30 maybe 40 if we're being extraordinarily generous well that's we're a minority within the majority and i I don't think people really fully appreciate that we got to take a quick break and when we come back i'm we're going to talk just for a few minutes about what we might do to encourage that conservative viewpoint within the house uh going forward i'm looking forward to that and uh talk with alex rally about that this is darren chapel Filling in for Tim Jones here on KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center.
1: Looking at the uh, traffic cameras at Kansas Expressway in Sunshine, it looks like uh, we have a tow truck on the scene of that wreck southbound Kansas at Elfondale. Still have the right lane closed as those emergency vehicles are still blocking it. But uh, again, tow truck on the scene. Hopefully they'll get that wreckage cleared pretty shortly 9 to 11 weekday mornings that's really where they want to go
0: on 93.3 and AM 560 K- K-W-T-O. KWTO you're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones News Director Don Luzader and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO alright we are back in as usual when I, when I host the radio show we're running out of time because I talk too much um and it's always on me and i'm i'm totally willing to accept the burden for that but we have a caller who called in and asked a question of representative Riley and myself concerning how bureaucrats have taken over the state government why that's allowed to occur and um you want to give it a shot
1: you know there's i think there's a lot that goes into that um i think part of it has to do with while we, Missouri is on paper a red state now, we are pretty young into being a red state. I mean, as, as, as late as 2008, 2010, we were still a pretty purple state. When John McCain beat Obama, he won, he only won Missouri by a couple thousand votes. So, uh, up until 2016, we had a lot of. Democrat statewide office holders. Your governor was a Democrat. Your attorney general was a Democrat. So we've had decades and decades, to be honest, of Democrat rule in this state where those people have been able to completely fill the state departments with their friends and allies. And it's only been since 2016 that we've really had a, a strong Republican Majority uh, of of state office holders to start to chip away at that administrative state and start to put more, um, at least to have the opportunity to put more conservative minded people in those departments. So I think that plays a, a big part in the um, in what you're seeing from the departments and some of the obstacles that we face as a Republican legislature in trying to push for. Um, limited government because those people tend to oppose any of our efforts to push back against the bureaucracy anything to curtail their power um, or to, to um, reduce their their budget it certainly creates a lot of kicking and screaming so i think that's a big piece of it
0: yeah uh, i caught a whole mountain of flack uh for identifying the absolute waste in the Budget of the Department of Education, secondary, uh, elementary, and secondary education. So I completely concur. There's also the functional reality that we are a republican form of government in the state of Missouri, with co-equal powers among the three branches of government, at least on paper. Um, and so, the executive branch, wherein the bureaucracies live, um, they are designed to be a a counterpoint check and balance to legislative efforts. So it's it's inherently a bit of an adversarial relationship to begin with. But when the legislature is then limited to be term limited and part-time and we don't have near the staff that the executive branch has, it becomes an unfair battle. Uh, frankly, this past year, and I'm going to continue, and uh, I have been petitioning for a uh, budgetary subcommittee specifically on oversight and review, not talking about the creation of future budgets, but let's go back and make sure they're actually doing what they're supposed to do with the taxpayer dollars. We don't have that at all. We don't even look at previous years uh, to any certain degree. And so I I, I think we're fighting a battle that is entirely one-sided and designed to be so given the changes that have occurred and so I, I'm all about trying to bring bureaucrats into check, but we need some we need some power and capacity to do that. Exactly. So, now that being the case, we gotta take a quick break or not. You were almost done? No? What are you doing? Just giving you a thumbs up. Oh, it's a thumbs up. I thought you went break. <laughs> I go there's no way we're gonna have a break between at now and eight, the end of at the 8. show. 53. Yeah, I mean crying out loud. All right, that one's on me. Cassie's um, keeping us on track. <laughs> she's doing something. Um, so, at any rate, uh, part of my effort and part of my hope of being able to continue to do what I do, which is basically argue with Democrats and tear budgets apart, that that's everybody's got to have a talent. Those, you know, that's what I do in the House. Um, part of my hope of being able to continue to do that effectively. Rests on future leadership. Um, I'm not downgrading leadership now by saying this, but we will have a new speaker in a year and a half. In all likelihood, it will be the current majority floor leader, Dr. John Patterson, who is a mentor to several of us, uh, myself and I'm sure you would agree to you as well. But then because he becomes Speaker of the House in a year and a half, presumably. And even if he doesn't, he's not running for floor leader again. Someone must. That's right. And uh, that person has to be level-headed, well-spoken, conservative, and willing to enter the fray without it becoming an emotional free-for-all. And you're perfect.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And uh, the House has known this for a long time, but the folks back home haven't don't know this, but I, I am running to fill that spot. So I am running to be the next floor leader in the Missouri House of Representatives. And basically what that job is, is that is the person that controls the flow of all legislation on the House floor. So no bills can be debated on the House floor without the floor leader bringing that bill to the floor. And, and one of my goals as floor leader is to um, pass the big transformational things that i think most if not all of us run on when we're knocking doors and doing the mail and 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 doing all that but somehow between that process and when people um, take office it seems that the the priorities can shift at times and what i want to do is is sort of get back to basics and focus on let's pass the big transformational conservative legislation that our constituents demand that they deserve that will move the state of Missouri forward and will allow us to keep pace with a lot of the other states around the country that are doing these big transformational things in, in education and in tax, thing, things of that nature. Um when when we're not competing with Iowa and Arkansas and Oklahoma and Tennessee, just the states that surround us when we're falling behind them um, on on getting big conservative things done, that's a problem. And I think we need to move back with a, a focus on policy and on legislation instead of a lot of the other silliness that tends to uh, take over everyone's time in Jefferson City.
0: Well, and it's not... Just the bills themselves, but it's the debate on those bills is controlled in large degree by the floor leader um, the amount of time that's spent on each one how 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 individuals are to be recognized to speak i mean there's a significant amount of responsibility but i've I've said it before in the air and, and elsewhere I mean we were in a forum last night and we spent a half hour talking about chickens in the last couple of weeks it's It's insane that there's no time for an extraordinarily good bill like mine (laughs) for uh, uh, dealing with property, real property tax reform, which is the big end of the boat. Far more money taken from people on real property, whether you realize it or not, because when you buy a loaf of bread, you're paying for the for the grocery stores, property taxes as an incurred cost. So we don't have time for that. We got time for chickens, but I, I I'm really looking forward to you running and winning and becoming the next majority floor leader and I think you'll do a fantastic job. Springfield is blessed to have such representation in Jefferson
1: City. Thank you, Darren. I
0: appreciate that. No, thank you for coming on. We are just about out of time, as the music reminds us.
1: Thank you for hosting no, today, Darren. It's my thank pri- you,
0: Darren. My privilege entirely, guys. And thank you all for listening. Again, Darren Chapel filling in for Tim Jones here on Wake Up Springfield on KWTO.
1: Should cut taxes, reduce regulations, dismantle the corruption at the FBI and the DOJ, pull back the reins on the IRS. Golly shucks, you were right all along, you Republicans. That's not going to happen. Get out of your freaking fairy tale. Yeah, good morning, Mr. Jones. Great show. A lot of information. You do a lot of research, and you really care about the state. Just refresh.